1: Welcome to another episode about military kids. April is Military Kid Appreciation Month, and today we're going to talk to one of my kids' favorites. Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone. And way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Keep Calm and Mother On. We're continuing this special series about the month of the military child, and I'm very excited to welcome Trevor Romaine. He has been a name and a face in our house, even though I've never met him before, because of his work with Comfort Crew. But we're going to talk about all things connection and parenting and bullying and kids. So if you don't have a military connected kid, please continue to listen because you will get pointers. Thank you. (laughs) So welcome, Trevor.
0: (laughs) Ah, Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. And first to just say thank you for your service and your family service. It's because of you guys that the rest of us can live a great life. It's much appreciated.
1: Thank you. I, uh, I appreciate that. A lot of what my husband does is with the silent service and, and that's often like a forgotten part of the, the Navy because of what they do. And I, I'm glad to be here to share. So tell us about what you've done with military kids. And tell us a little bit about Comfort Crew or how you got started in all of this.
0: Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's been a very interesting journey. I I grew up in South Africa. That's why I speak a little funny. And um, I did my military training in South Africa. We all had to do uh, national service there. And I, I was deployed for, for 18 months. And so got to, to understand a little bit about what a lot of families go through. And uh, I had an experience one day which was life changing for me, although I didn't know it at the time. Okay. I had gone to a, uh, a hospital to visit a friend of mine and accidentally walked through the wrong part of the hospital because I wanted to take a shortcut like I often do in life Mm -hmm. and um, I landed up in the children's ward Uh, walking past a bed and there was a little boy sitting on the edge of the bed there were four other kids on the bed because there were just too many kids and could have been around about five years old I believe and as I walked by the little boy put his arms up to me and he asked me to hold him and I'm this this soldier who thinks he's so cool because he's got a uniform on and, you know, carrying a backpack and mm-hmm. what have you. So anyway, I'm sort of a bit confused. I look around, don't know what to do because I did not know what, how to help children. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was no grownups in the room in that ward at that time. So he reached up again and, and asked me to hold him. And I picked up this little boy who had very badly injured legs and he put his arms around me and i've never been held so tightly in my life he was a little a little african boy with big brown eyes and what he did was he tucked his little face into my neck and he started to cry Aww. and uh, he just held on to me for dear life and that little boy's tears ran down my cheek and my neck and into my shirt and touched my heart and uh from that day onwards, uh, there was a little voice in my head that was nagging me to help children, and his little voice still is in my head to this day, and I, I forgot about it and went into the advertising business and started uh, then writing children's books, and one day um, decided to see if I could donate one of my books to to an organization, which was a non-profit helping kids and it developed into the career I have as a writer of self-help books for kids. And during the journey, we started the comfort crew for military kids uh, because my um, co-founder was a gold star child. Her dad died in Vietnam, but nobody ever said anything. Nobody, just one day when she was four years old, the pictures disappeared and, uh, She only found out when she was 12 or something that her dad had died in Vietnam. So we decided to help kids whose parents are in the military. So helping them with deployment, reintegration, understanding PTSD, invisible wounds, Mm -hmm. um, moving, dealing with bullies. You know, a lot of kids deal with a lot of these situations, but in in the military, it's amped up a little bit due to having to move so often and, uh, You know, and sort of always being on the spotlight and always being told, you know, you've got to suck it up and, um, you know, you've got to be strong. So, what happens if somebody's not feeling strong? So, basically, what we do is we teach kids how to ask for support. And I don't, I don't like to call it help because help infers that you're helpless. Uh, um, But, you know, just giving kids permission to ask for support. I always tell military kids, hey, listen, None of your parents ever go do anything alone, unless they're on a very special mission. Even then, there's backup. There's people all around them. So why would should you have to go through something alone? And so this is it's how such you. Such an can
1: empowering do statement, and I love the fact that you call it support and not help. Words matter a lot, and that's such a good sure. twist on it.
0: Yeah, you know, you don't want somebody to feel weak, and and especially in a military situation, because because if you feel weak, you you're you're going to. You know, put a lid on your, on your own head basically and not be able to, you know, rise up to the yeah. occasions you need to.
1: It's such an important point. I loved um, the kits that we've used for deployment. I don't know about your reintegration work, but reintegration work is definitely the hardest part of coming back together as a family
0: after a deployment i I would say so you know and i I think one of the things a lot of people don't realize is that not only if if there's a say a year deployment not only has the child if you think about it six seven eight year old child that's a major part of their life Mm -hmm. they do grow they do change usually but the person who's away also changes they've got into different routines they may have learned something different and they have to readjust I, i always say to kids so they can understand what their parents are going through. Um, have you ever been away you know, for summer vacation? And the kids will say yes. I say, so when you come home after being away for a couple of weeks, does the house feel a little different? And they say yes. I say, so when you go away from school for the whole of summer, when you come back, does that school building seem a bit weird to you and different? Yes. Well, that's what it's like when a, when a parent comes back. They just have to get used to it again. And this is how you can help them get used to it. And, you know, I always say to kids also, hey, listen, if you're feeling unloved, or if you feel like you need extra love, don't wait for Christmas. Don't wait for for uh, Thanksgiving. Go up to your parents. Excuse me, I need some extra love. Bring it on. Bring it on right now. So you know, be able to to just let the parent know what you are experiencing instead of you know trying to make everything nice, which then keeps you lonely and isolated.
1: Yeah. And I would totally stop in my tracks if a kid told me I need more love.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, and then you would.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Nothing else would matter at that point because connection yeah. matters so much. So Absolutely. Do you have tips for how parents can connect with their kids?
0: Uh, uh, yes. You know, there's, there's one of the things that was very interesting that happened to me when I was a kid. My dad... On Wednesdays, my dad and I, it was our coffee night. It was like I had hot chocolate, yeah. but, and Tuesdays was my, was when I took with my brother, but uh, I, my dad would take me and we'd, we'd go out somewhere. We'd either go out to a coffee shop or we'd just go and sit somewhere and he'd say, okay, um, listen, let me tell you about what's going on in my life. And he'd tell me a few things and he'd say, and by the way, I'm getting a bonus at the end of the year. Do you think we should, you know, add to the playroom or should we go on vacation? And so this guy was asking me advice. I was like, wow. And then he'd say, so what's going on in your life? And I would tell him everything. till so the day he died, I told him everything, even if it was shameful to me or embarrassing or whatever. Uh, what he did was he opened those lines of communication. And I often, often parents say, but I just can't talk to my kid. And I, I suggest sometimes maybe letter sharing, even within their own house mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to be able to connect Um I I will often uh, tell parents as well that when they, when they are talking to their kids, you know, to get down on the the same level, because especially with little ones, somebody looming after over them and saying, is everything okay? You know, that's. Yeah, we
1: can be giants to them. Like if you sit on the floor, your whole house looks differently at a toddler's eye level or a preschooler's eye level.
0: Yeah, And one of the things I say to parents is, and this is so critical, listen to what kids are asking for instead of telling them what you think they need to hear. Because so often a a child will be telling you something, but they don't quite know how to tell it, and it's couched in something different. I'll I'll give you a a, a perfect example. And, and, And when you hear what a child is saying, you're validating their feelings. And that's what they want, not you to say, it's going to be okay, if you tell a child don't worry it's going to be okay is that going to, is that going to change anything for them no it's going to make them feel like you don't care or that you just you know just brushing it off so here's an example i had the privilege of working with the united nations a number of years ago in uganda burundi rwanda of with former child soldiers basically and, and refugees mm-hmm. and i went into this one refugee camp and what's very interesting is when you go there The kids swarm you. They just want skin. They want to hold on to something. You know, you have 10 kids on each arm, uh, and it's it's actually really very touching and beautiful. And one day, this whole bunch of kids were swarming us when we walked in, and the one of the workers came with a rolled-up newspaper, and he was swatting all the kids away, told them to go away from us. But one little boy had his finger through my belt loop, and goodness me, he was holding on for dear life. And I said, it's okay. No, leave him. So I went into the classroom and I was basically drawing with kids and we were discussing stuff. So this little dude was hanging onto my belt loop. And later on, he tugged my sleeve. He wanted to ask me a question. So through the translator and understanding a little bit of French and English and broken up, mm-hmm. I said, okay. So he, this little boy's parents, were, were killed in Rwanda. All of the kids in that camp were orphans. So I kneeled down and got to eye level with him, and I said, yes, what, what is your question? And he said, can you help me find my mommy? Oh. And I was about to answer him when one of the workers said, I told you, we're going to find all your mommies one day, okay? And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Did you, do, you know, so yeah, and I, he backed off, this, and, I, and I said to the little boy, Pardon?
1: You knew this wasn't possible, to find the reason. Yes, race. I knew
0: it was not the truth. So I said to the little boy, um, so tell me, uh, where do you think your mommy is? You want me to help you find her? He goes, oh, she died. She's in heaven. I said, oh, I said, I'll tell you what. Tonight when I say my prayers, my daddy also died. And I'm going to send a message to my dad to look for your mommy and to tell her that you love her. And you miss her and you will never forget her. Okay. And he throws his arms around me, says, thank you, mister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And he was so happy. He ran off to play soccer with the other kids and and kept on waving at me from a distance. But all that little boy needed was validation. He needed somebody to be in that discomfort with him as opposed to brushing it aside. Because if you are the person who brushes stuff aside by saying it's going to be okay, then um you're leaving that child to to feel alone in their struggles. And and when they suppress their feelings, that's when you get the problems later on as kids grow up. That's when the anger comes out, the frustration, the bullying, the drugs. A lot of it is to mask that the feelings that they have. And so I always always, so so that's one of the things is try really hard to listen to what they're asking for, even if it's coming in a mixed in a mixed message.
1: So if a parent doesn't know how to like they're, they're listening, they're like, Ooh, I wouldn't have handled that that way. I don't know how to validate something. I'm a bad listener. Do you have any tips for someone that's a bad listener for how them they can practice?
0: That's a great question. Uh, um, I think one of the best ways to do that is if, if you use a personal experience, you know when we say to a child oh i know i know i know how you feel or or we say to anybody i know how you feel it, it it you don't really know how they feel but if you've had a similar experience and i always tell tell kids a story about something similar that's happened to you say listen you know i know you're going through a bit of a tough time but you know what happened to me once when i was a kid and then they realize that you, you understand what they're experiencing because you've had a similar experience. And that often opens the door to be able to, to be able to communicate. I, I also, um, think sometimes, um, you know, uh, asking a child, you, you know, straightforwardly mm-hmm. uh, and being honest, say, listen, I'm not quite sure, you know, there's something going on. I know there's something worrying you, you know, uh, can you? Can you, can I help you with this? Yeah. Is is it something we can do together? So basically, instead of putting them on trial, which often happens, and then the kid feels embarrassed because they don't quite know, or they have shame yeah. about something they're going through, especially if they're feeling weak, it's shame, and they don't want to share shame. So if you can say, "Man, I know this this is something. Uh, how can we work through this together? What what can we do as a team?" And, uh, you know, helping them feel like you're a team member as opposed to somebody who's interrogating them for their information. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's really easy as a parent or an adult helping a kid to get stuck in like this dictator mode of like, I'm the expert and I know exactly how to help you. But that doesn't help our kids very much.
0: No, it it, it doesn't give them an avenue to, you know, to share. And And like what my father did with me was really a wonderful way of creating um, a communication system where, um, where the fact that he shared information with me made me feel safe enough to share information with him. Yeah. You, you know, oftentimes like I've been with kids who who are really upset that their, their mom or dad is deployed mm-hmm. and they're very emotional about it. And then you'll get a sibling who is, is tougher emotionally perhaps and who tease them and make them feel so ashamed. And that, that's not helpful at all. Not so at I all. think we've got to be, if we do have a situation to be able to find the right place to, to do it, you know, to, with the child. And if you say, Hey, let's have some one-on-one time, normally let's go do something, even if there's a budget kids, you know, intuitively parents know when something is going on. Yeah. And, and, and I always urge parents to listen to that gut feel because 99% of the time, if something feels wrong, it normally is. So, you know. It's
1: worked pretty well and, for me when I trust it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, creating that. Yeah. I, I also have been in a situation where I've, uh, that parents have said, uh, um, Hey, listen, let's write letters to each other. Yeah, um, especially you know, for, for obviously kids who who, who who are able to write or at least be able to put mm-hmm. some stuff down on paper, and um, they have a secret letter writing thing, yeah, which and and the parent can then maybe say something. I need some support on something. Or yeah, we've um, done post-it uh,
1: notes for my kids that have been afraid of writing. Yeah. Post-it notes were good. And then my son, when he was a pre-writer, because he's got these big sisters had a drawing notebook so he could draw me. And then, and then once he showed me the picture, I would ask enough questions to understand what he was trying to say.
0: Yeah. And you know, the earlier I talked about p- giving children permission to ask parents for love. Um, you know, saying to a child, you know, I need some extra love today. You know, leaving, uh, and, and what I've, I've done in, uh, now being with a comfort crew, uh, I'm not deployed, but I've been to every U.S. military base in the world that has kids. That's awesome. Bahrain, Spain, Azores, Japan, Korea, all over. And it's, that's been very difficult on my relationship. I've been married 30 something years, but it's really hard to be gone three weeks and back for a week and gone four weeks and, what i've done is that i am um, i leave little illustrated little notes every i hide them everywhere even that. in a cereal box and i think you know parents uh, when, if a parent leaves on deployment they can uh, that would be a great thing to do and then i also say to kids you know hide notes for your parents because then that gives them an opportunity to show you their love. Cause sometimes they don't quite know how to do it. It's hard. And when you, it, when it, you show somebody love, it releases endorphins, it drops your cortisol and you feel good about, about uh, showing yeah. your, your, your love.
1: This is really important. So my husband does the submarine service. So there's no communication when he's deployed. And so on our really bad days, I've had our kids or when we've been really missing him, We used to write like love notes to him on those days as a family to try to really connect. So thank you for validating that experience. But also, I used to have to drag him to the store, right? Because he gets into warrior mode right before deployment to pick out cards so we could leave them behind for us. I was like, this is really important. So if you're listening and your military spouse member is like, I don't have time for this, make them make the time. Like, do it as a date night.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the thing for kids as well. If if a person is deployed in in a situation where, like, a submarine, or if they're special forces and they they can't communicate, uh, I, I still suggest writing that letter and then giving it to them when they come back, yeah. and they can read the whole bunch together. You know, and uh, and and the, you should see the little kids' faces. I've seen video of them, you know, of them listening to their their, their mom or dad reading reading the letters that they that they've stockpiled for them.
1: yeah we um, even had and, like a metal mailbox on the counter a couple of deployments and then they would put them in there whenever yeah. they needed to and,
0: and and I think also one of the things that's really helpful to help reconnect afterwards is is to actually have a little notebook with 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 milestones that happen during the deployment. You know, even if it's a one or two liner. Yeah. Oh, we did this on this day. Oh, I, I, you know, got an A on my test, or, or I got selected for a team. Because when you, when, when, when the person comes back, everything is so overwhelming, mm-hmm. and and it's all lovey, 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 and then there's a vacuum afterwards, and you you forget a lot of the stuff that happened. You know, Absolutely. six months, a year ago. Absolutely. So to be able to put that in a special little notebook, just, just, just simple milestones or, you know, simple things that you want to remember. Cause you know, we think we can remember them, but we don't. And then four years later, you're like, Oh, you know,
1: yeah, that there's family. definitely times so even now we'll talk about a family a moment that the kids and I have and my husband's like, "When did that happen?" Like I think I'm missing the inside joke here. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you probably are. Like let's fill you in here about why we think this is super funny."
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's and you know one of the things about, about military too and, which and the stuff creeps up because you know somebody might come back from a deployment and there's a there's some discomfort, and you can't understand why what's going on with my child. A lot of it is not even related to that particular deployment. But you know, the child intuitively knows that in six months' time we're going to be moving again, mm-hmm. uh, or or you know, someone comes back from a deployment often, you know, means there's going to be a change of station uh, soon. Yeah, and they're anticipating that, and that is that is sort of governing their behavior because. And, and they can even be going through that subconsciously. Oh, not yeah. that they, even, no, it's just like okay, I know that when this happens, this happens, that happens, and and their little their little bodies are, are and minds are are getting them prepared. So so often the, the behavior they might it, it, uh, be showing or expressing is not necessarily related to the event that's going on at the time, okay. but it triggers something else. Just like PTSD, those little kids have a form of PTSD and. And for people who haven't moved a lot, especially to a, to a different city or a different country. Yeah. My goodness. The, the kids just about to get in the team, just, just got their first romance, yep. you know, and, and got all of a sudden it's part like part in okay. the
1: play or finally broke into whatever circle they well, were finding trying to. Finding a frame
0: finally that, and, and I think one of the things that, that we found in our, we have a moving kit as well is that, um, nowadays you do not have to lose touch with friends so you can stay well connected to friends it's not like in the old days you had to send a letter or a very expensive telephone call and and now you know obviously facetiming Mm -hmm. uh, on on the internet you can you can stay very well connected and um, and that's what we urge keep phone numbers and
1: Yeah, because moving is definitely a form of grief for my kids right especially when they were too young to try to keep up relationships and if i didn't know the other kids parents well it's like having a best friend die of a heart attack instantly it's just oh oh,
0: absolutely it is a death and 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 death of a friendship and and what happens is you know kids grieve Mm -hmm. what they're missing and then they get somebody else they get to another place and and the parents will say oh no you just you're just shy come on we got to go and and that's not what that's not what they're struggling with they're struggling they're still just grieving something that just was yanked away
1: yeah
0: and um you know oftentimes when i speak to parents who who, who uh, changed uh, you know to station yeah. is that they wait to the last minute to, to tell kids because they don't want them to be upset for too long but that doesn't give them enough time to get prepared and investigate the new place. Mm -hmm. Now with the internet, you're going somewhere, find the best parts. In fact, let's, let's write a list of what we want to do when we get there to the new place and investigate. Oh, did you know that they have this, this and this? And instead of making it a scary situation, you make it an exciting one. And uh, then it's the balance between what you've lost and what you've gained. And, um, and just helping them, them walk that tightrope. uh, Sometimes, you know, just holding someone's hands when they're walking, on the top of a picket fence uh, makes all the difference.
1: Parents should probably admit that it's hard for them too. I think a lot of times the military parents kind of suck up their own feelings. And they like, I know in deployment, it took me time to get used to telling my kids that I was having a hard time with deployment.
0: Yes. And when you do do that, then they know you're being honest. And when you don't, they (laughs) still know something's wrong, but you're just not telling them. So then now they're guessing, Oh, Mm -hmm. what did I do wrong? Well, you know, have I been bad? And then I mean, you don't have the prefrontal cortex to actually help you t- t- see ahead immediately. It's like, okay, what have I done? And and then that then they become a victim
1: in, in their own mind without having done anything. It's really important to remember. You know, and, yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it's very really vulnerable to the parent without your partner being able to communicate with you in real time.
0: Sure. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's very, very difficult. And, and the, the, the spouse who's left at home obviously has to make decisions for two people. And, um, you know, what I often suggest is in a situation where you do have to give them some information mm-hmm. or, or, or share something that's difficult to be able to try and find a time to do it when the, when the spouse mm-hmm. is connected. And I know obviously means yeah. and what have you, but you know, even, even, uh, you know, if you, if you, suspect something is going to happen while they're away to even have them write a note. So you can say, Oh, you know, dad and I, or mom and I have discussed this. And Oh, I just hear something that he, he he wanted me to read to you. I
1: remember early on, uh, like the, one of the first deployments that my husband did was like potty training and like silly milestones of a preschooler. Right. Like they're really important when you have that age of a kid. And he sent all sorts of little notes to like encourage both of us before he left.
0: Yes that's correct. It's so that's it's very wonderful to hear that you um, you know you're doing that and I hope other people can you know be inspired by by those stories and one of the things that for me that's been really interesting uh, travelling around working with military families is that that um you guys can be really really supportive of each other it's 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 really good but sometimes you get it's the, the type of person who is a shy person or you know a reclusive person And and it's really hard, you know. uh, They don't come to a PTA meeting, or they, you know, they they are just homebodies. And and uh, I always suggest reaching out to to those people because you guys have, you know, there's nothing better than sharing an experience because having shared it, you know what worked for you, and you know what didn't 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 work for you. And that way, uh, you can you can help them and. One of the reasons that I started writing the books that I did was that I had the privilege of meeting Nelson Mandela, um, a number of years ago. And he said something so interesting. I told him a story. The next time I saw him, he remembered that story completely. And he said, Oh, you're the storyteller. And I'd only met him just in like in passing, shaking hands at an event. And then the next time I happened to meet him again, we were just having a cup of tea. He said, you, you know, a very important thing to remember is, When a person dies, their library of stories dies with them. So unless someone else can learn or be inspired by your stories, then your experience of them is not going to be beneficial. So that's why I always tell parents, tell, tell kids what you've experienced because they will then, uh, you know, have a connection to what you, the information you're sharing with them.
1: As a military kid that's moved around a bunch, I can tell that my kids long for that connection in a way that I didn't because I grew up in one spot. Like I just knew I was anchored. Right.
0: Yes. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and again, look, it's great for, for, for kids who you know, can get it, do adventures, move to different cities, learn a different language, eat a different food. But there are some kids who are shy and some kids who are not outgoing and some kids who might be on the spectrum um, and, and, and you know, it's traumatic for them. And no matter how much you tell them, but we're going to go and see this, we're going to see that. Oh, what an adventure. You know, uh, we got to realize that for them, they might need a little more ha- uh, hand-holding, and, and preparation uh, and 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 a little little bit of molly coddling so that that they can they can feel protected and safe and and not suck it up you know yeah. situation so
1: where can people find you trevor if they want to follow you and learn more about comfort crew where can they learn more
0: uh, very simple uh, Comfortcrew.org is um, is it, it is our website and then i have a, a, a website trevorromaine.com uh, there's no e. On Romaine, it's just, yeah, I was called Lettuce Head my whole <laughs> I can time. So yeah, tre- well, TrevorRomaine.com and uh, the, my, my, my books for kids, I, yeah. I have done a whole bunch of books, how to do homework without throwing up, mm-hmm. bullying is a pain in the brain. Uh, what on earth do you do when somebody dies? Uh, so those are books that I, I use sometimes a little bit of humor mm-hmm. to couch information to make it more palatable uh for kids so that they can you know they can laugh and learn basically even even through very tough situations obviously i don't make right. fun of the situations but being able to 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 couch it in a, in in a way that allows kids to to learn without um being bogged down with too much information yeah. and, and uh, too many facts
1: well i think it's important to know yeah. that even in the hard things so you don't have to be serious all the time
0: yeah absolutely you know uh, uh, uh my book, what on earth do do when somebody dies we We have a a grief kit which we have at the comfort crew that that goes out to to uh, during at the dignified transfers at dover air force base every family that has a child gets oh, wow. one of those kits. I'm very proud to say if over the last ten years we've every child has got one and in 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 the book. I, you know, I asked, it's a bunch of questions. Why, do, why do people have to, mm-hmm. to, to, die? What happens to the person? And is it okay for me to laugh? And is it okay for me to still have fun? And, you know, basically tell the kids, yes, because the person has passed away. They would be so upset if you, you know, were just stopped living because, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and stopped, you know, doing things they want you to do because they want, they'll be happy for you to be. Mm-hmm happy and go on with your life. And obviously, you know, we have to, uh, natural Mm -hmm. grieving has to be there. But, you know, sometimes we get so, the expectation of what grief is supposed to be, it doesn't help people heal and it doesn't help them, you know, work through their experience because they they shudder what they're feeling because that's what they think they're supposed to do.
1: Absolutely. So as you're doing all of this yeah. work, Trevor, how are you taking care of yourself? Do you have a self-care idea? Every episode here at Keep Calm Mother On ends with self-care and family fun ideas. So what about self-care for you?
0: Absolutely. A- absolutely. Well, here's the thing. Um, on, on my little wall over here, there's four sayings that I, I anchor my life on. And every morning I reflect on, on those sayings, uh, which then, uh, once I've done that, I, I doodle like crazy because research is saying that when you, when you doodle, it's a form of meditation which helps you, you, you relax. But here are the four saying, four sayings. One is little by little, a little becomes a lot. So, you know, my tendency is always to try when I'm doing something, get it all done and do everything in one day. You, you can't do it. You can't train for a marathon in one day. You can't, Create wealth in one day unless you hit the lottery you you can't uh you can't acquire love all in one day, so little by little a little becomes a lot Number two is nothing will grow in your comfort zone um, you know you can sit and and be in a bubble, but you will feel stifled and and especially like for families who move putting your toe outside and doing things that you wouldn't normally do obviously you don't need to go parachute jumping but going into a you know, oh, I don't. I'm uncomfortable going where there are a lot of people. Well, you know, that museum is a great museum. Number three, failure is not permanent, and that's really been really important to me as a as a writer and as an artist. Is you know, doing something art yeah. considered wrong? No art is wrong. And, and finally, the one that I, I wish I knew as a kid because I uh, struggle with ADD. I am dyslexic, and I've written 52 books in. 25 24 different languages uh, so um that is don't let someone dim your light simply because it's shining in their eyes and um I let that happen way too often in my life and I will not I don't do it anymore because other people for some reason hate to see someone doing fantastically well and they will do anything and that's where a lot of the bullying situations come out. They will do anything to neutralize it because it makes them feel like they're a failure. So they feel like they have to, to put someone down, uh, just to make themselves feel better. So don't let someone else dim your light simply because it's shining in their eyes. And I, and so those four little foundations is what I build my day on every day. And I look at those and then I say, Oh, okay. What am I going to do today? How am I going to go through my day? So being able to get myself a little bit grounded, a little bit of gratitude. Like, oh wow, I'm very lucky. I live in Hawaii. Um, okay, you know, yeah. Just being really where I am now, as opposed to oh, you know, I'm going to be next week in another place, or the week after in another place. I've got I'm going to be present, and that's, that's my self care. And I run. I'm a runner. I I, I love to run.
1: That's awesome. Me too. <laughs> um, How about family fun? Do you have an idea of how a family can connect and have fun together?
0: Oh, family fun. Absolutely. One of the things that I've found really, really interesting, and, and it's not often done, is families sitting together and drawing together. Because it's really interesting. When you're sitting and drawing something or coloring something, the conversation that goes on while you're doing that. Is great because then it's not this conversation Mm -hmm. where somebody's, you know, again, grilling you or asking you, you can get some of the best information from kids by having fun and drawing. And one of the things I, and and a lot of parents say, yeah, but I can't draw. (laughs) Yes. You can draw a stick figure. You can do a squiggle. You can do a doodle. And when I sit with kids, I always say to them, I bet you, I can do a worse drawing than you. I love that. And, and then that sets it up because they, um, you know, they, they, they're like, oh no! I bet you I can, <laughs> and so you you do that kind of stuff. And you know, just just simply stick figures with little speech bubbles can can be so much fun and so funny. Oh, yeah. And a circle and a few lines, it, you know, doesn't have to be a liking uh, look like something else. I always share with kids uh, the story about uh, the, the the being at school and being ashamed to draw because I would be judged and not drawing anything. And the, the teacher coming along and saying, is that your drawing? And I'm like, yeah, it's a blank page. And she says, sign it. So I signed the page and she said, you know what? That's the best picture of a snowstorm I've ever seen in my life. Well done. <laughs> and man, that was it. That opened the door. I'm like, okay, she's cool.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> so, awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and when you're drawing, being able to enjoy the drawing instead of someone feeling like, oh, I'm judging you. So, yeah. So, and it's not even drawing something in front of you. It's
1: yeah. making up stuff, which
0: kids, kids do.
1: They do. They're really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for all the work you've done with military kids and thank you for coming on here and recording. Um, I'm just so glad you, you're on earth with me today. Like what a lucky moment. So thank you. Uh,
0: oh, Thank you so much. And again, thank you uh, for everything. And, uh, uh, and, and I just wish you continued success. You're doing some really important work with your podcast and uh, you're changing lives. So uh, just keep on doing that. It's important.
1: Thank you. And in that vein, I want to tell you that you are exactly the right mom or dad for your kids. I don't think it's on accident. In motherhood and fatherhood, parenting is way too important to do alone. I'm so glad you're here listening to this podcast, but also I'm just so glad that we are on earth at the same moment. And if this podcast episode resonated with you, if you're walking away knowing how you want to connect more with your kids, please leave a rating and review. But more importantly, text it to three friends, drop it onto a social media link and share it with people. That is the best pay that I could possibly get. Thank you for being here, and I hope you just have a good enough day. Bye, everyone.